everyone and welcome along to episode 94 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. Now available on all audio platforms on iTunes, on Google Podcasts, on iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast basically, we are now there. You cannot get away from us. So I hope anyone who's listening on the new platforms is enjoying it, always growing and expanding. Not too much unlike my guest today, who is always growing and expanding and trying different different things, which is the reason I have him on the show. Alex Liu is a game designer who is about to launch his first board game design. The game is called Dogs Bond, and he's bringing the fortune. There it is, right there on cue. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> on audio, he's just brought it up to the screen, and it looks fantastic. I cannot wait to talk about it. I think this is a really exciting thing and board games are something that are going off at the moment because we're all getting to spend more time together so alex has brought his fortune 100 project management to this project and now he dreams of developing the bond gaming system into other genres genres and as one of the few asian american game designers out there he also hopes to bring hobbies and communities together and i think that is a wonderful thing live from san jose california alex lou welcome to the podcast thanks so much for having me jake great to be here it's my absolute pleasure how are you this evening it is this evening there isn't it yeah it's great um you know the the weather is holding up it's a you know nice sunny day in california as you would expect yeah yeah it's one of those places in the world that is always blessed with great weather i know and i went there a couple of years ago a couple of years ago it was about four years ago i was just saying to you off camera that i've been to san francisco before and of mm -hmm. course when i went there i cycled across the golden gate bridge like every single tourist does who has been there and i had a brilliant yes. time in a fantastic place fantastic yes uh, i can't wait to get you know back into the swing of things and you know traveling and you know, seeing people. So when you're back in San Francisco, give me a ring and, uh, you know, we'll do the, we'll cycle across the Golden Gate again. Sounds good. Let's make it happen. And uh, maybe we can even play the board game. And let's tell us more about that, Alex, because I know you come from a, a corporate background working for, yes. working with Fortune 100 companies. And it seems like quite a world away for someone who's in that, in that corporate world to then go and create a board game. Absolutely. So, you know, one of my favorite questions when I get to know my coworkers or my clients in, you know, the Fortune 100, and what I mean by that, it's the like Forbes 100, you know, eBay, Cisco, PayPal, uh, large international companies uh, that I work with uh, doing mergers and acquisitions. So one of my favorite questions that I ask my colleagues often is, you know, what would you do if you didn't have to work for money? Right. And a lot of times people will say, I would run a charity. I would work in nonprofit. I would help, you know, help animals. Uh, that's very true for myself as well. And I work with, well, excuse me, I volunteer with many rescues locally. And uh, as you can tell, I'm not shy. I talk a lot. And so they'll put me in front of potential adopters. And, you know, I talk to people about what it's like to uh, adopt a dog, what's the process, you know, and what have they thought about. Uh, when adopting a dog. And my my passion for this and my passion for bringing people together uh, and playing board games really just intertwined everything. And in 2019, I said, you know what? I'm going to just suck at something new 
and I worked on designing a board game. Uh, and through many, many trial and error sessions, uh, you know, plowed through it. And we got, we got the design down, uh, the game mechanics down. And in 2020, and just in September, we went to Kickstarter, raised over $20,000 US to make the game happen. So I was able to, you know, get the artwork done, game design done, and now the printing done. And so now, crossing fingers and toes, in May of 2021, we will be actually shipping this game. So if folks are interested, you know, you can bring these wonderful dogs into your home and your game night, um, you know, and play Dogs Bond. Dogs Bond. I love that. It's a great name as well. It's a name that sticks. And, you know, we were saying before, just before we started, that board games are something that's come out of the pandemic that have become a lot more popular again because mm -hmm. we're at home. You know, we're thinking about how do we, how can we have fun at home? What did we used to do before it was just all technology, um, yes. which actually kind of, it's, it's strange, isn't it, technology, because it brings us apart, but it kind of pulls us apart <laughs> as well at the same time. Um, but board games are something that, you know, I remember, you know, we used to play Cluedo, we used to play Scrabble, we used to play Going for Broke, mm -hmm. uh, Properly, which actually I just got bought for, for Christmas, not just for Christmas, because you think, it's, it's funny, you think Christmas was a few weeks ago, it's, it's almost uh, the end of the year. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I got the Melbourne edition of Monopoly for Christmas, and I've yet to actually get it out of the box and get playing it. But, yeah, I think it's really something that's come back around as a result. Mm -hmm pandemic um board games yes and yeah we're 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 in a situation where you know definitely people are looking for ways to connect in an analog way meaning you know this is great and you're absolutely right technology affords us really new and interesting opportunities as an example i'm here in california the u.s and you're there in melbourne australia and we're having a live conversation that's what technology can facilitate us through right and bring us together uh but it also too can you know kind of make it feel like you're apart when you're when you're physically in proximity and one of the things that i really wanted to do when i created this game is i have two nephews and a niece and i have you know a large family and so we love playing games together but my but the kids are you know nine years old and 16 years old Plus, you've got the adults and, you know, how do we find a game that is enjoyable for everyone that isn't just a, you know, a, a Jeopardy style game or a trivia kind of game where the younger kids don't have as much context, right? Or the adults don't want to play because the game is too childish. So I really worked on developing this game, Dogs Bond, um, for ages 10 and up. And I've got the little sticker there. Um, and, you know, having an opportunity to play a game where you know younger children are learning how to take turns, match sets, build that out, but also too the adults can play kind of you know the more strategic, the long game. And uh, there's also two ways to manipulate the other player's turn and things like that. So there's a lot of interaction as well. Um, so that's that's entirely why I made this game because you know same as you growing up, I played board games and even with friends and you know friends of my own age group. Uh, we, when we meet for dinner or now when we're meeting on zoom chats, we yeah. talk about, you know, Hey, do you remember that one time when this really, you know, this story happened and we tell the story about a board game or, or what happened in the game. And we relive that moment and we laugh. Nobody cares about the meme that I saw 10 seconds ago that I showed you on my phone. So again, having the board game, 
bringing those back kind of, as you said, in vogue um, is a way that, you know, we can explore and create and build upon our human friendships, uh, you know, same as, same as we used to. Yeah, it's a great way of creating memories and having laughs and creating <laughs> memories that are long lasting, like you say. Yeah, no one, no one remembers all that, that video you showed me amongst <laughs> the hundreds of other videos that you've probably seen. Before. Right. But right. yeah, creating that, it, it's funny that the, the game's called Dogs Bond because it's actually going to help people bond in them playing it. And, and that's something that we all a little bit more of uh, in, uh, in 2021. And in fact, in life, really, we all want to bond more with the people that are closest to us, of course, and create memories and moments that last a lifetime. That's really one of the things that life's all about, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's funny because Dogs Bond, now that I've had it as my, as my project for, you know, over two years, it, it sounds very simple. And like, what else would I have called it? Um, mm -hmm. You know, but, uh, you know, other words like match or uh, friendship, right? Just didn't feel as uh, as simple, right? And as genuine and as in the moment as uh, as Bond. And of course, dogs being in the ever-present moment of, you know, <laughs> have you pet me just now? Or, you know, have you fed me just now? That was my my theme and my message. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's what we built. Um, because, uh, you know, the, the game itself focuses on rescue dogs finding their forever homes. So each of the players, you and I, would take on the role of a rescue dog. And um, for the video, I'll show a couple, I'll show a few of the illustrations, you know, that are in the game. Um, you know, you, and you play as one of these dogs. They have different special abilities, powers that allow them to gain in the game so that you are, you know, more able to find your forever home and, uh, and of course, win the game. But uh, yeah, and that's, and that's one of the fun things about it is every dog, every player can be adopted into a forever home. So there's not like a, there's not like a real loser. And, yeah. um, you know, at, at the same time, you know, we are supporting real life rescue. So once you have that moment where you've been adopted into a forever home and the game kind of comes to that crescendo, that swell at the end, you also know that you're playing this game, you're having this game, uh, has contributed to real animals having that same moment uh, as well. Yeah, I think that's awesome, and, and it's something else that that touches on that something's become popular out of out of COVID, which is people are getting a lot more dogs, aren't they? Mm -hmm. You see a lot more people. You've seen a lot more people around with a lot more puppies, and yes. of course, there's reason for that. You know, mm -hmm. they feel like they have more time, which they mm -hmm. do, mm -hmm. at home to be able to look after a puppy, which when it's in its kind of first infant years, it needs humans around, you know, you need to train it. So ideal time to get a puppy. And, and hopefully I think that this board game can actually inspire people and make them realise, hey, we don't always have to get one from, you know, a breeder or something like that, you know, a puppy that's kind of a brand new puppy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. um, we can get one from a rescue home and that the, the board game will actually create awareness of that for anyone who plays it really. Absolutely. Yep. And that's our plan. You know, we are working with 25 real rescues um, and in here in the U S we are opening that up in a few weeks here to try to collect uh, and, and build strategic partnerships with other rescues worldwide that they could use Dogs Bond as a fundraising mechanism, right? So we want to be in the virtual store of any rescue 
the any you know animal rights advocation uh, group that you might know there. So um, you know every that way every copy that is sold is actually contributing back. We share very much in the passion to improve the lives of animals, and what better way could we do that with a board game than by actually supporting the organizations that are doing all of this hard work. Of course, of course, exactly right. Yeah, it's a lot why you've tied that in and, and it clearly works because I've got that idea just from discussing this with you within 12 minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, who plays the game is also going to get that idea as well. Yeah. Now tell me kind of how, how does one go about like designing a board game from just, of course, the idea that starts in your mind to having that physical, the, the actual thing in front of you? Yep, so uh, it all starts on post-it notes and index cards, right? You can have that very, very simple, you know, basic bare bones, test it out, right? You can, um, you know, there are uh, penny sleeves, right? They cost a penny uh, and they're plastic sleeves and they're the size of a poker card. You can print out, you know, your own cards. You can write on a piece of paper, scrap of paper, shove it in and you can start playing. And that's honestly what I did. And I think that's what a lot of game designers start with. Once you start building that out, you've played the game by yourself, against yourself, measured it, timed it. Then you go into what we call play testing. And that play testing in the before times used to be at pizza shops or board game shops where you could test out your game, you'd say, hey, please come by. We're trying to test this one element or this whole thing all the way through. Um, and, and you kind of built that in. Now, you know, we're talking about kind of how the world has adjusted. There are also now virtual uh, groups where you can jump in and as a designer, find play testers or as a play tester, find game designers. So um, lots, of, lots of new resources have you know, sprung up uh, necessity is the mother of all invention, right? Um, and then once you get through the playtesting phase, um, you know, uh, I would recommend that you think about consult with an art team, right? Decide what it is your vision needs. Uh, as an example, for Dogs Bond, I knew that I wanted to target ages 10 and up. So I knew that my art and illustration and design had to have a particular look and feel. And that was really important to know from from the audience assessment, audience analysis, right? Uh, what does that art look like? Not Disney, but Disney. Not children's book, but children's book. And kind of understanding that, right? And then having that ability to also kind of bring in the, for lack of a better term, the awe factor, <laughs> right? Um, and so pulling that all together. Um, once we had the design, the game design mechanics, we had the graphic design, and we had the illustrations. Um, for us, that's when we went to Kickstarter. And you know, for those of you who don't know, Kickstarter is a worldwide crowdfunding platform, and about you know 40% 40, 40 of its you know projects are board games, and it has raised, I think, over $18 billion uh, for crowdfunding projects in the last decade or so. And we, we felt that that was a secure, strong, known platform that we could go to to get through you know, all the crowdfunding. And really what crowdfunding is, and you can go to it at any stage, is um, to frankly get that kickstart into what is, is you need to do. For us, we just needed to have help doing pre-orders and printing of the game because I 
I worked and, you know, after a few years of development had saved up enough to get the game to a state where it was almost ready, mm -hmm. but not quite out the door. So I almost needed that, that kick out the swift kick out the door. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's also a lot of other companies, a lot of other teams that are coming to Kickstarter with, you know, ideas. And if you can pitch and motivate that, you know, that, that crowd, that base to support you, then you can get it to go. Um, and, and so, yeah, and that's, that's where I am now. We are, you know, looking at print We're we're going to print, uh, and that should be done at the end of the month, uh, or excuse me, end of March. And like I said, we should be shipping to our backers, uh, by May of 2021. Yeah, that's fantastic. And it's only you know a couple of months or what, a couple of months away, and we'll be there. And I can't yeah. wait. To get there. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get. Uh, I don't know if you've got any pre-orders coming over to Australia, but yeah, I want to get one. I love dogs. I don't have any dogs. So I have some back in the UK at my mom's place. We have some dogs, all Dutch hounds. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So yeah, if you're missing dogs, or you know, if some of my friends who are hypoallergenic or excuse me, are allergic to dogs. You know, these eight dogs are hypoallergenic, right? You can adopt all eight dogs, bring them home. You know, they'll, they look at you, they look at you, uh, you know, with, with lots of love. So, uh, you know, we would love it if you would adopt us into your game night. Yeah. Fantastic. Of course I would. Uh, do you have dogs yourself? So I used to, um, her, uh, one, one dog that I had, uh, or my dog that I had, her name was Kona and she passed on after 15 years of wonderful life. And, um, you know, one thing that, that really impacted me was how she taught me that there was just this capacity for, for fun, for love, for companionship that I hadn't ever really considered. Um, I, you know, <laughs> the, the way we got her was um, I, I was in university and living with some friends and, you know, you try to take turns doing chores and things like that. So I asked a roommate, you know, hey, would you mind go getting getting the groceries this week? And she came home with a dog. So um, we we had a dog and I had to learn how to you know play with it, train it. Like, what are we doing here? And uh, and yeah. And so that was my kind of uh, initial uh, exposure, but then, you know, we played and loved on them, loved on her very, very much, uh, all the way till, till her passing. Um, and, uh, yeah, but she inspired me, uh, in many ways to make this game. Um, you know, one thing that I'll show here is in the game, uh, you have a thing called the rope toy and the rope toy indicates whose turn it is, right? So if I have the rope toy, it's my turn. And then when I'm done, I pass the rope toy to the next player. Um, when the, when my turn is done and the rope toy is being passed, everyone who's playing must bark at the next player. Right. And so when you've got a table full of friends and family all barking at you, if you're on your phone distracted for a moment, guess what? You're back in this game. This game brings you back to the moment to be present, which again is all about really that, that experience of being a dog. It's about living in that moment and, you know, doing the best that you can. And that's what, you know, so that's, that's, that, that's my experience with dogs. Um, my wife has a dog uh, that also is in the game and has a special power in the game. Um, so yeah, it, it's, uh, I've grown up with the, with the dogs. Um, these eight, uh, these eight mutts or eight, uh, you know, breeds 
are the ones that I had the most experience with, and that's why they made it into the game. There is, of course, there are, of course, many, many great dog breeds to have, like a Dash Hound, as an example. Would love to continue putting in more more dogs. Yeah, yeah, I, I knew that you would be a dog lover. There's no, yeah. You know, <laughs> So many different games you could create, quite frankly, mm-hmm. and you create one that was so involved with dogs. I thought this man, Alex, has got to be a dog. <laughs> yeah, so I'm glad I picked that one. Um, what were kind of some of the biggest, you know, on this podcast, we always like to dive into what you're up to, you know, and discuss that. But in doing that, we like to talk about some of the challenges that you've come up against mm-hmm. because I think it's when our backs are up against the wall with the challenges and we have to push on push through and get through them, that's a real place of growth. So I would love to know some of the challenges that you came up against whilst designing this this board game. Uh, In the design of the board game, um, definitely a challenge was sharing the vision, was, was, was asking people to take that leap of faith with me. Um, And what I mean by that is when you're an entrepreneur or solopreneur, you are the one that is in charge of that destiny. You are in charge of that project and you are the single engine. You can talk to people, you can try to engage them, you can share with them your vision, but not everyone has the, the ability to see it you know, 10, 12, 100 steps into the future. And one of the biggest challenges that I had um, was that my game before I had brought on this great art team and it's a we're a team of three we're a very small team but um you know it's an illustrator uh, uh, sarah mills and my graphic designer kiki perzella and we three brought it together but without their efforts without their art i was really at a stopping point i got to the point where people would play test the game say yeah i think it's got good potential i can see what you're trying to build there but there was a stop they weren't excited yet they understood it was about dogs but since i don't draw very well like i think my wife says that my dogs look like furry slippers with faces so when i when i showed this as a project and said yeah and i i really hope that people will back me on kickstarter they couldn't quite see that and so it was really pushing through and saying to you know, saying to myself, okay, I've brought this project as far as I can take it. I need to bring in the right experts to make it whole. And I really lucked out. Uh, Sarah and Kiki agreed to work with me. And, um, and, and that's why we have this board game. But, and of course, you know, you did convince people because you put it onto Kickstarter and raised 20, over $20,000 worth of funding. How did that feel when when that started to come together. Oh, amazing, amazing. And I think that, you know, one thing that people see is, you know, wow, you raised that money in 30 days. You're essentially an overnight success. A lot of time goes into making that overnight success. And it's sometimes a very difficult, sometimes a very lonely journey to try to get past that next hurdle, to try to get onto that next step that will allow you to get there. Um, you know, and, and things that, um, it, it is a very humbling experience to go through crowdfunding because essentially you're, you're scooping together what you can, putting your dream into your hand and then going to the internet and saying, do you like it? And it's a very vulnerable place to be, 
Um, and some people don't like that, right? Some people have no stomach to be uh, that customer facing, that vulnerable, that, you know, that in that space where people can say, I don't really think that this dog looks like the dog I expect it to, or I don't think that, you know, a board game costs this much money to make, right? And, and you kind of get a lot of that negative needling, you know, type of stuff. And if you get bogged down into it, if you don't have a thick enough skin to kind of push through, it, it can really, you know, halt your progress. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, it's really important, you know, and I think that's why podcasts like this are so important is to say that it is natural to feel that pressure to find those barriers, but there are ways through it and everyone will have their different story but at the end of the day, it's do you believe in yourself and are you willing to, you know, place the bet, right, on yourself? And 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 that's really what, what it was all about. Yeah, I, I can identify with that as a business owner myself. You know, there's, I mean, I, I sell a product uh, that picks up horse manure and you can, you get some funny comeback on that sometimes, mm -hmm. you know. How can how can it cost so much to make and mm -hmm, does it really mm -hmm. work and mm -hmm. you know all these kind of pushbacks you get a lot of the time but the reality sure. is if you believe in you believe in what you've designed what you're making what you're selling what you're marketing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you really really do and you know you have a, a large number of people that believe in it too whether mm -hmm. they you know a, a lot of people for me fortunately I have a lot of backing from people who've used it and they love it which you can't get better than that customer mm -hmm. testimony. Yes. But yeah, there's a point where it is, you know, it's a struggle that you have to get to that point of, you know, look, guys, this is a great product. I believe in it. You know, I just want you to believe in it too. And the only mm -hmm. way you're actually going to be able to do that is to sell it and get it into people's hands. That's and right. You, the feedback, you know, a, a customer mm -hmm. focused, customer driven business is always the best, in my opinion. Absolutely. And it, but it just, takes a bit of time for that to play out and in that in that time you have to have unwavering faith in what you're doing because like mm -hmm. you said you know not everyone has the stomach to front to front that and and to go mm -hmm. look i understand that perhaps you guys don't believe in it but i do and i'm going to keep pushing forward with what i'm doing because of my belief in it mm -hmm. and i think mm -hmm. you know if you've got that kind of mindset you're always going to win you're always going to win that's right and it'll take you down paths that you know may not be what um, you know what everyone defines as success. I mean certainly for you know for myself and my team, you know we haven't been able to quit our jobs because we raised you know uh, 20k to make a board game. But our win is that people believe in our board game, right? People are willing to talk about it. people are willing to play it. People are now becoming very, very interested in a mission-based emphasis on board games. Um, you know that, and and our our board game, our project just kind of ticks all those boxes. Not because we went out and tried to look up, you know, what are the most controversial, you know, social justice topics of the day, and like you know try to build a game around that, but just who we are, right? And um, and that really came through in the game design, and the illustration, and the graphic design. And um, you know, I, I'm very excited about about our board game, um, and you know other tertiary products that that kind of sprung out of it like our kickstarter page which is now immortalized uh, on kickstarter 
um, you know, shows what was the progress, right? How did we get there, right? We didn't, we didn't fund in the first 24 days, which is generally what a lot of projects try to do. We, we, took almost, we took almost 28 out of the 30 days that we had to fund. And seeing that it was, it was just inching towards our goal of 20,000 and just being like 18,000, okay, check it in six hours, $18,000 and 25, $18,025. Okay, okay, check it again, 18,025. No, no, it's not moving, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, on that, on that note, Kickstarter, explain this to me because I'm not too sure. And it'd be, mm -hmm. maybe the audience don't know as well. Look, I, I'm always a bit facetious with that. I, I kind of go, oh, well, if I don't know, maybe the audience doesn't know. I'm sure there's a lot more that the audience doesn't know that I know. <laughs> but I always like to ask any questions that make me, you know, that I'm inquisitive about. And with Kickstarter, if yes. people um put funds towards the project do they then own some part of the business or is it still always owned by yourself it's fully owned by the creator um what the what the person is doing is they're pledging their support so even when you hit back a project the the creator like me doesn't see any money the only way and kickstarter is unique in this there are other crowdfunding platforms indiegogo game found that sort of a thing um but Kickstarter is an all or nothing crowdfunding platform, meaning we set a goal of $20,000. If we did not meet that goal, anyone who pledged money towards the goal would not would be charged absolutely $0 and zero cents. There's no risk to a backer in Kickstarter um, if a project does not meet its funding goal. Right. So as an example of our board game, we needed, you know, the money for uh, to finish a, to finish and finalize the art. We needed to get printing. We need to do child safety testing and customs and other things. Um, so I knew how much that would cost and I was transparent and I was realistic. Right. I didn't want to say if you can raise five hundred dollars, then I can do all the rest because I knew that I couldn't. Right. Um, and so being transparent, setting that goal uh, is, is what allowed us, what, what I knew it would take for us to get to the market, to be able to deliver two homes with this game. Um, and if we didn't meet that, none of our backers would have been billed a, a single cent. Um, but because we are, we were funded, then Kickstarter you know, processes those pledges, People are able to go log in and say, you know what, give me two copies of the game, you know, or yeah, that sort of a thing. Um, but yeah, it's kind of it, it steps you through the process rather nicely, in my opinion, right? And also, it's great because it's risk free to anyone who's backing a project, right? Um, yeah. You only you only get billed if the project is successfully funded. It's a great concept, and thanks for explaining because um, I mean, I really didn't know how it worked based on yeah. based on what then i think it's really it's a great great way to work isn't it look here's an idea folks mm -hmm. you know you like the idea yes i do i think that's fantastic i'd like to support it if mm -hmm. there's enough people that think the same then this mm -hmm. is going to take off and move forward or at least Correct. the funding is going to be there to facilitate that yes um, if yeah. not then perhaps um come back to the drawing board and try again exactly right and sometimes you know you know and there was a there's definitely embracing the opportunity to fail 
right? And I think that that is also too part of you know your podcast in terms of like being able to accept those setbacks not mm -hmm. as things that make you quit, but things that make you better, right? So e even if there was, uh, even if we had not funded, we would have been able to learn a, a tremendous amount about who our audiences were, what were they reviewing in our in our web page, uh, when did they quit our web page, right? Did they scroll for ten seconds, thirty seconds? Where in the page did they quit? We would have had a lot more um, data in order to go back to the platform, you know, in a few weeks or months or whatever when we would try again. Um, fortunately, we funded, so we don't have to do that. But there are many projects that you know, are, are, are funded on second or third relaunches. And there's no shame in that, right? No. And it's, it's another thing that I love about that Kickstarter community. It's that everyone is trying to help each other. It, it really is a uh, community where the rising tide lifts all boats. Um, and, and, and it is very, very, mm, lack of a better term, right? It's mutual aid and collaborative. I think it's fantastic the way that it works because, you know, every no does take you closer to a yes. And perhaps mm -hmm. if you're getting a no, there's a good reason for that. And it's going to make you go back to the start, re, re, refire up the projects and think, okay, how can we make this better? What were we missing out on that perhaps wasn't quite right? And yes. what's, what is that going to mean? It's going to mean a better end product. That's right. Um, yeah. So there's, there's no, there's no real downside to it. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk, talk about the word. Hustle, Alex. It's mm -hmm. of course it's in the title of this podcast. It drives us in everything we do, and I like to define yes. the word as going out there and getting what you want, in spite of the circumstances around you, in spite of your environment. Really living from the inside out, not the outside in. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have or want the circumstances you desire, just creating them for yourself. But you know, clearly you have a lot of hustle within you, sir, to go forward and push forward on a, on a project like this that's quite, you know, different from what you usually do in the corporate world. So yes. I'd love to know how you define the word hustle and what's driven your hunger for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that the hustle is, um, is has I, I've always defined it as those small incremental achievements that I'm making that, have nothing to do with, you know, just everyday life of, you know, paying bills and the day job, right? The things that um, where I, I help empower and, and make other companies successful. But what is it that that's frankly selfish, right? And and to your point about that, that notion of being uh, starting from what's inside and delivering out, that is exactly what pushed me for this project, I wanted to create something that is tangible, right? When I'm, when you're working as a knowledge worker, um, oftentimes we live in spreadsheets, uh, balance sheets, presentations, and there's not a lot left behind, right? You kind of say, okay, project's wrapped up, great, file it, done. We don't look at it again, right? Um, this is something that I wanted to do to actually create and innovate and contribute back to society, right? And obviously through the through the theme of the game, right? Dogs Bond, where rescue dogs are finding their forever homes. It, it was my way of creating something where I could deliver a positive impact to the rescue and adoption conversation, right? And so 
driving me to create the game was that, you know, I, I'm not an app developer, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I didn't want to try to do another technology thing. Um, I wanted to make an analog thing that's very purposefully without screens. Um, all of that said, you know, dogs don't do very much on screens. <laughs> and so, you know, they inspired, they inspire us every day, right? Um, when we talk to each other, right? When we first meet, we ask each other, you know, hey, where are you from? How's the weather? What's your day job? Those types of things. And those are really important and they're a little bit surfacey, right? But when you ask someone, tell me about your animal friendship, tell me about the rescue, tell me about your dog it's like their soul opens up and that all that opportunity to bond with one another and have a true conversation is really exciting for me and i love that and i love facilitating that so um you know so for me the hustle was to create something and it blended my passion for board games and my love of dogs there you go <laughs> Right. I love that. I love the way that you, you know, you found a way to put your energy into a project that was driven by your passion that will end up actually helping others. And when it only help humans, it'll help dogs as well. And I think that, you know, man's best friend, they say, is, is dog, is a dog. Yes. And, and of course, that bond is something that's gone on for hundreds and hundreds of years and yes. will continue, of course, to go on for hundreds and hundreds of more years. And, and no doubt, Dogs, having a dog, owning a dog, if you've already got one or you've got a new one, you know, mm -hmm. throughout the last kind of 12 to 18 months, it's something that's really helped people out, that bonding experience. Absolutely. I think, I think this um, this ball game is only going to do that more, and I just think it's fantastic what you're doing. <laughs> and I'm really excited to actually um, – to see the game physically and, and let it play out and get a copy over here in Australia. It'll be good Fantastic. Fun. Yeah, absolutely. We're if still you... doing, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, we're still doing pre-orders. So if you order, uh, you know, from us, um, you know, if I'll plug it now, www.dogsbondgame.com. Um, if you order the pre-order now, um, you actually get $10 off the, uh, the, the list price. That's all the way through the end of March. So please, please, please help us, uh, especially for Australia. Uh, you know, if you know a local friendly game store, um, have them hit us up. You know, we're, we're doing wholesale as well. Um, and one of the, and if you are a rescue, uh, we would love to partner with you in a strategic partnership where the game is simply sold through your virtual store. We take care of all the, you know, packaging and shipping and, you know, all that other stuff. And we will donate you know, a portion of the proceeds to you, to your real rescue. So uh, anyone who's interested in pre-orders, knows somebody who works with a rescue or or manages one uh, or, or a friendly local game shop there in Australia, please come contact us. We are very, very eager to talk to you. Yeah, fantastic. And I've dropped that dogsbondgame.com in the comments, guys. But for anyone listening back on the audio, it is dogsbondgame.com. It is in the, the show notes as well, so everyone can find it there nice Thank and you. easily. Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Before I let you go, I do want to ask you one question, which has been burning for me throughout. And if you could give three hot tips to anyone that's watching this, that's thinking, do you know what? 
I've got an idea for a board game and I've had it for years and I don't quite know how to execute on it. What would your three hot tips for that person watching or listening right now be? My first tip is to just jump online, go to Discord, go to Facebook and look up the different board game designer groups. It is a very welcoming place. There's always room for another game at the table. And, you know, designers like me who have gone a few steps before you really, really welcome you. We, you know, in many respects, we send the elevator back down frequently. And people are just so willing to give you opinions, time, expertise. And, um, you know, no one's going to create the game that you have in your mind. Even if you have a game that's about rescue dogs finding their forever homes, your game is going to be different than my game. So uh, make it. Um, you know, second, second thing is test, test, test with yourself, with your family, with blind testing, right? It is very important. Um, it makes your game stronger. Um, you will learn how to communicate different complex ideas in really simple language because you don't have somebody's attention for 30 minutes as you explain a game. You have to condense it into a bite-sized 10-second pitch of why this person is going to be interested in your game. I used to explain game mechanics and art, this and the other thing. Now I just say, Dogs Bond, it's a game where rescue dogs find their forever homes. Boom, done. And, uh, and, and third, third tip is fail faster, right? Go try it out. You will learn so much more testing it and, and failing than you will trying to noodle on it and let it marinate on your own. Um, there's no substitute for the feedback. And, um, you know, and, and then you can kind of also too determine whether or not you take things too personally to self-publish. There are many game designers that are very successful that design games and then sell them to larger publishing organizations. So you, you don't have to go it alone like I did. You can actually build and sell your, your, your game design and then move on to the next as, another, as a designer. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's three three fantastic hot tips and a lot of information actually there for anyone that's thinking about designing their own board game. And what better time than now to bring a board game out into the world where you know the place to play board games are at home with our loved ones surrounded surrounded by our loved ones, and that's what a lot of us are doing at the moment. So yeah, I think it's uh, great timing to do something like this. Thanks, Jake. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. The links, if you want to connect with Alex, support the Kickstarter, and of course, find out more about the game are in the comments and in the show notes. A big thank you to everyone that's listening, watching to the show now, live or later, on whatever platform you're listening on. If you've enjoyed the show and you would like to support it, then please do that by subscribing, giving us a review, or sharing it with your family, friends, peers, or colleagues. If you liked it and they like you they might even like it too so thanks very much for listening folks stay hungry stay healthy stay happy and keep hustling <laughs>